Invited us to be a part of it. Can't you see what a privilege that is? is? Because Pella did. Why did Pella? Because he trusts us. Why would they trust us? You're opportunistic anthropology students. Maybe because we're anthropology students. Maybe they want someone to document this. Are you fucking blind? They're doing pagan rituals. People are jumping off cliffs. They depend on no one knowing about this ever, ever, ever. Hi, this is Candy Ellison, and this is The House That Screams. I have great guests tonight, my usual gang of Rose, and I also have a wonderful new guest, and that is Erica. I'm going to go let her explain all about herself. Explain yourself. Uh, Hi, everyone. Uh, My name's Erica Wright. I'm a blogger at myhorrificlife.com, and I'm also the website administrator uh, and marketing person for Three Marm Brewing, which is owned by actor Andrew Devoff of Wishmaster, Lost, and Toy Soldiers, among other things. Thanks for having me on the show. We're so glad to have you. Um, Indeed, welcome. Yes. Um, We have Daniel Nightmare Nerd Ryan. Greetings, my fellow horror fanatics. Rob Antiquera. How do you do? Cameron Sullivan. What's worse, happy death day, truth or dare, or escape room? Either way, we lose. <laughs> That's a dare. hard question. Um, <laughs> and we also have Sean Smith, who's going to start off our conversation tonight. How do you do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start us off. Um, this is the first in our two-part series covering uh, Ari Aster films. And the first film is Midsummer. Um, came out in 2019, and I want to start off talking about this movie. This was one of those films that when I first saw the trailer for it, I was really stoked. Um, we have a, one of our daughters, uh, she works at a movie theater, and she gets free screenings all the time. And she stumbled across this trailer, came home. She knows you know the type of stuff I'm into and told me about it. It hadn't crossed, you know, hadn't crossed my path yet. So I uh, start digging around, find the trailer, and it immediately was was sucked in. Um, I think I've talked about it before. Um, having an interest in the occult, practicing witch, being into you know Scandinavian uh, culture and yeah. history, um, and it was just a, a, an amalgamation of all those things. And uh, so I was really pumped. I was really you know really wanted to see this. And once it came out. I started to hear a lot of bad things about it. And I typically I'm not one of the, the, the type of people that um, let critics decide my interests. But when it comes to spending a hundred dollars at the movie theater, it, you know, it's, it's really going to going to change my mind. So I held off and, you know, my daughter saw it. She didn't like it. 
And so it just, you know, I went a whole year without seeing it until, until it came out on, uh, I think Amazon prime and we finally sat down to watch it. And I'm not one for, you know, artsy flicks, but this, this movie really, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, it, it was up there. I don't know if anybody else has seen the witch, um, uh-huh. but it, it, it okay. had that, it had that feel. It had that, that, you know, it's slow. It's a slow movie. And I'm, I'm not one for for slow movies typically, uh, but it just had this really creepy ambiance. Um, I'll let somebody take it from there because that's that's where I'm at. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, sure. um, oh, no, go ahead, go Erica. Oh, they hear me all the time. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I um, I did see it in the theater when it came out um, with friends, and I had already seen um, Hereditary. Uh, I think was that released the year before, maybe. Yeah. Years before. Yeah. Um, so I was already a big fan of Hereditary, which we'll get into more next week. Um, yeah. But uh, I was like kind of surprised at how funny Midsummer is. Yes. Um, yeah. From the trailer, it just seemed incredibly uh, scary. And I guess like I know, Ari Aster's films are he's kind of a master at deceptive trailers. Right. <laughs> had a hugely deceptive trailer, you know, series and midsummer did to an not, extent not, as well. Not to, <laughs> so. not to interrupt you, but I think that's just more a twenty four thing. Yeah, a twenty four is just our, our greatest deceptive trailer. Yeah, yeah, like look at the trailer for Moonlight, and then you watch the movie, and it's like what? <laughs> or uh, it comes, it, it comes at night is yes. is perfect. Oh yeah, that was also trailer. yeah. Uh, not what I expected it to be, <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, I, I yeah, also really like the um, the occult themes in this film. Um, I'm also practitioner of the occult, although not an expert at all in Scandinavian uh, folklore or magic. So I had to do some research about midsummer traditions in Sweden and the the meanings of runes and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it kind of adds something when you when you do look that stuff up to like uh, like a subsequent viewing when you're like when you know these, these yeah. stuff you know like what the runes mean and um, you know the traditions and things like that it, it definitely adds. Yeah, absolutely. Now, personally, um, with the film, I loved the lighting. I love that this was so bright. So mm-hmm. surreal, and and I, you know, I don't know how many of you have made bad decisions like me, but I've done my share of hallucinogenics, and I honestly felt like I was tripping the whole movie. <laughs> nice. I was like, I'm I'm back on acid. What's happening? But I think that's part and parcel of like the tone. It's very surreal. Uh, the lighting adds to that, and I honestly, I I'm a big fan of like the slow burn movies. I like when movies take a lot of time. And the buildup pays off, which I think it does in this film. Um, you know, you get dialogue, you get character development, and that way, at the end, everything means so much more. You know, so, so I, I am a slow burn person. I'm into the slower movies. So this definitely was right at my alley. Oh, uh, this is a fun, just worth seeing. And uh, Indie Wire claims that uh, Ari and his DP, who you know have been working together since film school, uh, they tested 35 millimeter film, then they tested the Lexa LS, then the Panavision Millennium DXLL twos, and they ended up going with the latter because it just had that. that they were overexposing all this film, regardless. That's how they were going for the bright colors and everything, and using the sensors and. 
uh, yeah, it, it paid off in that thing. They were going for a Technicolor kind of look that uh, yeah. rivaled uh, what's his name. That uh, they were going for a lot of just uh, classic uh, British movies. Uh, anyone here might have heard of uh, Americ Pressburger and uh, Michael Powell, that's known as the Archers. Mm-hmm. And they've done movies like The Tales of Hoffman, Black Narcissist, just stuff from the 40s. So they were going for that exact kind of feel, and I, I definitely felt like I got. I definitely think they were successful at getting that More older kind of movie. Yeah, right. Uh, it's pretty much in my opinion, the only reason you have to see this movie, you just have to just see how it's shot, how it can create a mood, how uh, just get lost in kind of a Concurred. fantasy. Yeah. Well, well, that's just it. They're, they're converting you just like the cult in this movie. No, I, I said concurred. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was never boring for me. I know. I, I definitely got, uh, I will say some of the critics talking about this, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They said this was a slasher movie. I think they're going based on the uh, press. <laughs> no. Now, to be fair, that's what Astor said the studio hired him for. He They wanted to make a slasher movie, and he's like, fuck that. I'm not making that. I'll just say yes. We have too many slashers. We need more stuff like this. And I, like The Witch, like like his films, you know, this and Hereditary, I think right. are needed in the horror genre. We need some new blood. Right, mm-hmm. Ari Aster is is the master of just just the mushing your face into uncomfortableness. Like yeah. he loves to wallow in the to the point where like 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 what uh, Sean said, where it's like it's funny. Like you have to laugh at you know some of the things in here, like especially toward the end. Like the end, it was just I was dying laughing. It was a full on fucking comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you yeah, know, that's, where, that's where oh, I differ, but I'll you, you mean unintentional comedy or no, no, I was, I was, I was full on. In the well, barrack. just, just the, the scene, <laughs> the scene that cracked me up the most was, you know, the, the sex scene where the, the yes. Oh, yes. And, and just plants her hands on his cheeks and starts pushing. And I'm like, like that, the I, <laughs> I was almost in tears. Like, yeah. That shit was hilarious. Yeah. Like, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just his full-on face, like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just, it's just like you know, and that's Ari Aster's brilliance. Like he loves just p- putting you in the middle of that shit and just letting <laughs> you your follow skin in crawl, it. and you're like, yeah, oh. like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I mean, even earlier too, like um, this <clears> the scene <throat> where uh, he he uh, Christian forgets Danny's birthday and he tries to make it up to her. By getting her to slice a cake, and he's trying to light the candle, and he just can fucking, and he keeps on trying, and And it just will not. It's so uncomfortable. You're just like, oh my god, I'm embarrassed for him. Right, like it's it's such an uncomfortable scene because he keeps trying to light the fucking candle. He cannot get. (laughs) You're just like, just stop, just stop what you're doing. (laughs) And she even says, like, stop. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) It's like, just keep going. yeah, and, and you just kind of laugh at shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. I, I definitely I have to feel laugh. like he went to the same school as Hitchcock, Kubrick, even Ben Whiteley, best known for High Rise and Kill List. Can, can see that. Jeremy Solner from Blue Ruin and Green Room. Definitely some Argento, Dennis Vanov, and David Lynch in there. Uh, this would be interesting to do a double feature with this in a Serbian film. Oh, 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 I, oh, I, no. I love a Serbian no. film so I, much. I can't. 
That or Jasper No, who did Irreversible into the Void, is that same kind of just nightmare presence on screen. I will say this. Uh, I can see it as a drama. I don't see it as a horror movie. The two scenes of people falling to their death doesn't count as horror, for, in my right. opinion. Right. Well, that's going specifically on gore, and I don't think that this movie is about the gore. Well, I uh, I'm just saying in general. I just mean in general. I'm not scared. I, I think it's a realistic take on someone who's you know suffering from anxiety because how can she not? Her you know brother, I think it was, committed suicide. Sister. She's trapped in Sweden. So there you right. go. She's scarred for life. I definitely feel this is both a pro and a con. I really wasn't all this heavily involved like I was with Hereditary, but I do feel like Florence Pugh pretty much wiped the floor with everybody. She kept oh, yeah. this thing blue. Oh, yeah. She's, oh, yeah. she's, she's absolutely fantastic in the movie. Um, well, Jack Rayner is... Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying that Jack Rayner is as well. Like, you know, not to exclude him because, you know, he is some, you know, a lot of the scenes is basically her, you know, kind of coinciding with him as far as the performances goes. And just like, you know, especially those awkward scenes. It's like, the, the one thing I, I like about this movie is that as as a couple, you've already made your mind up about them before they right. get to Sweden. And, and I think like, that's important. I yep. think that's intentional. And that's yeah, where yeah. I was going to go. If I can get serious, which I never do, I want to get serious about, you know, how this film affected me personally. And I think what what we get out of film sometimes is what we bring to it. And this film kind of like struck a personal chord with me, which is why um, I feel like it's important, which is why it had the effect it had on me. Um, I see Danny. Um, I, I could very much identify with her. It's clear from the very beginning of the movie, even before the suicide slash murder of her parents thing, um, she's got an anxiety disorder. She's on Ativan, which I used to be on. We all know that I have an anxiety disorder. Correct. Couple. Okay. And also that she's in a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, I can I can vouch for how bad that can be. It's, and, it, and it's just like, you know, the scenes are so familiar in a way to me. I mean, obviously Christian's not as bad as my exes, but um, but it's still emotionally distant. She's annoying and she's constantly apologizing mm. for who she is and how she feels. And she doesn't, she's not supposed to be apologizing, but see, I do that. And so I, I just really resonate with this character. And then to see her go and, you know, there's a very important scene between her and Pele. And he's like, do you feel held by Christian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel held by anything? Did your family ever make you feel held? And she, and it's obvious she never did. And I also resonated with that. And so here's this opportunity for her, you know, to be in a new kind of codependent sort of relationship right. and fill her needs, even though, you know, this place is really fucked up. But that's okay because she's going to be held. And it no, absolutely goes oh. from a place of this very weak character to a position of power. She's the make queen. She makes the decision. She's the one that chooses Christian as a sacrifice, you know? And I'm, it's, I think that journey is really interesting. And maybe that's just me talking from my personal experience. I, that's, I, that's what I brought to the film. And Christian really represents it. the brainwashed religious type. <laughs> no, if you think yeah, about yeah, it, yeah, you say that. <laughs> it's the name. Uh, but, um, <laughs> the, so to me, to me, my favorite scene in the movie, which is, I think is a turning point is a scene where she discovers Christian having sex and she goes to cry and they, they basically mimic her crying sounds as a way of saying that, you know, because every scene before that, when she cries, she's crying by herself. 
Like, right. not, I mean, well, right. she, she cries with Christian. She cries with Christian, but Christian is basically emotionally distant, so he's not really yeah, he's there. Yeah, like pat, pat. So she's right. basically, she's, yeah, she's basically alone. And every time she cries, and then you have this whole circle of women who are crying with her, essentially, as a sense to say, like, you're not alone, you know? And, and that's the turning point. And creepy yeah. and powerful. I think the thing that makes that even more powerful, too, is if you if you look back to the scene where, you know, the guy leaps off the cliff and he doesn't die and everybody is screaming along with him as he's, you know, as he's laying there writhing in pain. Mm -hmm. And so later on, when you see that with her and and they're screaming with her, she's now a part of the group. She's now a part of of the family. She belongs. Yeah, exactly. That's why Pele says, I really wanted you to come. I wanted you to be here. You need this. Right. Absolutely. She, she, she was like incredibly dependent, you know what I'm saying? And it's obvious that, you know, there, there isn't really people around her that she could depend on. And, you know, these people, she doesn't know she could depend on them and they share her, they're sharing her pain with her, you know, like, you know, not alone with us, you know what I'm saying? It's a very powerful, great moment. It's my favorite moment in the movie. Like, you know, uh, I, I I love that part immensely when you know they're just holding her and they're just cr- I mean they're not essentially crying they're mimicking her crying sound but it's like we're crying with you you know we so you're not alone and all- we're yeah. all together yeah you know and it's a perfect contrast to the scene where she she discovers that Christian is going with them to Sweden and she's upset and he's like maybe I should leave and she's like no 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 don't go don't go don't go no please. Which shows that, you know, her dependency, like, you know, she 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 feels like she needs him there, you know, yeah. and like, you know, that's that's the issue. Like, uh, I remember going back to what you said earlier, Candy, like uh, when you said like Christian isn't isn't that bad. I mean, I, I, I know you was, you know, basically referencing your past relationship, but I think Christian is just the worst. Like he oh, is okay. absolutely he, he is absolutely the villain of the story. Like he doesn't seem that bad, but like he's a generic even from the boyfriend. Yeah, but he's, like yeah. he's still a tool. Yeah, oh, no, <laughs> he's no. kind of a he's, tool. Where else would you rather be? <laughs> oh, by the by the end of the movie, he's a com- you, you discover he's a complete another fucking asshole. But like yeah, the, the he's work, like stealing the, his friend's thesis idea and mm-hmm. and there's like you know right. it's, and when I was talking about with that, you know, as I rewatched it last night was, you know, only in horror movies can we go. I can't wait for that fucker to die. Yeah, <laughs> where you're waiting for them to get killed. Please Separate kill this guy. Oh my god, he saw every Romero movie. I'm waiting right. for the asshole of the team to get devoured by zombies. Yeah, <laughs> and that's one of the great things about horror is like we can just root for people to die. Like, please kill this person. Oh my god. And, and now that was me with Mark from the very beginning. Oh well, he was oh, Mark. School. Oh yeah, I well, never like, wanted someone to die so quick. <laughs> he was really fucking annoying. <laughs> he was. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, Mark has the most like uh, true moment in the movie, in, which basically uh, points out the, the the biggest sin that Christian commits is that he doesn't break up with her. Like that. Like mm-hmm. the worst thing he does is at the beginning of the movie where they're discussing. He goes, Mark goes, you've been wanting out of this relationship for a long time now, and that's the worst mm-hmm. thing. It's like he. This is a relationship that should not exist. Let's put yeah. it up. Like four. She said they've been together for four years, and four years in a re, in that relationship is three years too many. 
Like all of his friends are clearly like, you find her really annoying. Oh my God, is that her calling again? Right. And it's like, like, what if I break up with her and want to get back with her one day and I can't? They're like, well, for that one day, we'll talk you out of it. Right. (laughs) Like it's, 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 you know, he, he, they should not be together. Like he does not, he is not the person that she needs. But he continues to stay with her for whatever reason. And I and think he probably it. would have broken up with her after that if that call hadn't been her crying because her family just died. Right. And then he kind of like pity stays with her, which is even which more is unforgivable. Yeah, it's the worst thing. It's, it's, it's absolutely the worst thing. Like, you know, you're, you're with someone who you don't want to be with and yet you have no reason not to break up with her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should have done it a long time ago. You want to do it, but you don't. So you're basically, you know, kind of condoning this action where she, you know, she's like dependent on you, you know, instead of just like letting her be free to go and find someone who's willing to give her this kind of thing. So and it is from there. It's kind of like his fate is sealed, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like he, look, look how much of an asshole he is. Like she's sitting there, she's in the bed and she's. Almost, she looks almost catatonic. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to my friend's house to party." Like, why, 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 why? You know, just, just, just stay with because her because he doesn't and care, then, right? He, he, he just, he doesn't give a shit. And it, like, you know, it becomes apparent throughout the movie that this is a guy who's completely for himself. Like the way he throws Josh under the bus when the book they say the book is stolen. Oh, I don't have nothing. I, you know, we we're don't not have collaborators of his. Which yeah. they, you know, and he stole his thesis idea, and you know, yeah. <laughs> and Josh is actually you know a character that I, I like. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's probably he's better the than the others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I'm not exactly a high bar to set. Yeah, out of the dude, out of the dudes, he's like. The, the the most like likable one like you know he's smart though, he's got a plan you know what I'm saying even though like they tell him don't take a picture of the book and he does anyway you know but that kind of seals his fate in itself right. but like other than that he's like the most likable out of the, like the American guys he's the most American which is funny yeah. too because actor actually was the only American on set everybody else was, yes yes <laughs> you know, oh, British or Irish yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense that he's comedic relief because it's pretty much what he's been doing in every other movie and show he's been in. <laughs> so yeah, like every every yeah. other actor is 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 foreign. He's a British, Irish, or Swedish. Jeez. Oh. So what do we think about the character of Pele? Or they call him Pele sometimes, but I think it's Pele. That's how they pronounce it. Um, because Sean called him the villain. Well, and I, I am. I don't remember that. anyone besides Christian, uh, Josh, so you're going to have to ask, uh-huh. and Danny, uh-huh. so you're going to have to ask. I, I, I would consider Christian more the villain, but Pele sure. is yeah. very... Yeah. yeah. yeah he, he's so, definitely like, very deceptive <laughs> and yeah, underhanded. He's a take five friends to Sweden, knowing that but, four of them will be sacrifices is not the mark of a great friend we'll just say (laughs) but i did get this and and yeah i mean he's not a good friend he's obviously not the best person but would i consider him like the villain villain no because he he genuinely cares for danny and that does i think come through Mm -hmm. and he and he does hedge his bets with her like he just sees something in her and he knows i got this 
you know, I, I'm doing the right thing. And, you know, when she wins May Queen, it's very obvious. I mean, even after their talks, but he makes it very clear how he feels about her because he just pretty much makes out with her. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, so she is being held. She is being loved. And it's weird that I'm okay with that. But I'm not, like, super okay with it. But, I mean, in general, like, you know, I, somebody who at least is, is, is making an effort in her life, you know, I, I can... I feel something about that. I don't think it's, you know, the, the situation is completely healthy. Obviously it's a fucked up movie, but, um, you know, but that part, you know, where she doesn't feel like she's annoyance. She, you know, somebody who sees her as strong and, you know, wants to provide for her needs. I, I have to give them a little credit for that. Well, you know, I gotta uh, say, I, I, I did, I did, <laughs> you know, I, we did have that conversation and I did say last night that I thought Pele was the villain. But listening to Rob talk about uh, Christian and how he was the villain, I kind of had this epiphany just a couple minutes ago. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you're right. I, I stopped that from the beginning. Christian is ab- absolutely. I mean, Pele is like, you know, like it's like Candy said, like, you know, and, and Erica said that, you know, he's obviously a manipulator. He's manipulating his friends into doing it. But he obviously shows like a love and a care to Danny. You know, and like, you know, no, seeing how these guys, you know, turn out, then it's like, oh, okay, you know, like Christian is, Christian is the, the enemy of the set because, you know, he's all about himself. So it's just like, oh, yeah, 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 you, you're, you're, you're absolutely 100% the villain in, in all of this. Like, you know, you really don't give a shit and... You know, and to go just... into Mystery Science Theater, because when don't I? Um, it kind of had a Leech oh, Woman God. vibe. I like the Leech Woman movie, by the way. Um, God. It, it kind of had, it, no, it's actually a decent movie. But it had that vibe where, as, you know, she's the mistreated wife. Um, I think her name's Colleen Gray, is the actress. She's the mistreated wife, and she has the opportunity to pick who's going to who's going to be sacrificed for her to get her youth back. And she picks her husband. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because he was an asshole. (laughs) I think you're giving Roger Corman too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm no fan of Corman, but I do like that movie. One, one second, one second. Uh, during the, the May Queen dance routine that they do, did anybody get a Wizard of Oz vibe from that? I got a, I'm on acid vibe. (laughs) <laughs> no, like when when they're all dancing around, especially when she's she's crowned the the, the right. main queen and you put her on the stand. I got a serious Wizard of Oz. Yeah, vibe. sort of like, like yeah. she landed on the Wicked Witch, and they're all you know, like, oh yeah, yeah. Munchkins and shit. Yeah, like uh, the whole like uh, uh, the Wicked Witch is dead. Yeah, like that whole and she's vibe, like completely like, befuddled, like uh, Dorothy. Yeah. yeah, like what? <laughs> yeah, this is this is Dorothy entering uh, Oz, you know, for the first time after killing the Wicked Witch. Like I just got that vibe immensely, like from that scene. Now that you say that, absolutely. I yeah. didn't think of it before, but yeah. I can see that, but uh, <laughs> I'm 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 probably in the minority here. If I may go next. No, no please. I've been waiting for I've been waiting for Daniel's take. Daniel must weigh in now. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Lock and load. I mean, he probably hates it more than I do. <laughs> I, I honestly only saw it this week because it kind of flew under my radar when it was out, but I heard all the raving about it, so I finally watched it in preparation. And I gotta be honest, I was underwhelmed. Really? Um, you know, it's it's not a bad movie per se, because as you guys have said, 
the folklore behind it is interesting. Someone who loves mythology, there's definitely attention to detail there. And the cinematography is just beyond gorgeous, like breathtakingly beautiful with the Absolutely. locations mm-hmm. they chose, the costumes, the uh, the painting of the cabins. But less than halfway through, I knew how it was going to end. And I just sat there saying, it's the Wicker Man. They totally yeah. Yeah. The Wicker Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have heard yeah, the yeah, comparison yeah. of that. You yeah. can definitely see the inspiration there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think is cool about it, though, unlike the Wicker Man, is that the cult members are more likable and more sympathetic than most of the Americans. Yeah, 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 you know, it's true. (laughs) The the thing with me is that once I felt that Wicker Man ripoff factor there, it just, I could not empathize with any of the characters at all. It's like, okay, we're... Escape now, please. Yeah, <laughs> not, not even escape. It's more just, okay, I know what's going to happen. Get on with it. And originality is such a huge, important factor to me. And when I felt like they had lifted that in The Wicker Man, it just killed my enthusiasm. And what's more, there were several other scenes I saw where I felt they were totally lifting from other films that I also admire. One in particular is when you've got the three women doing the ritual where they dig a hole, they pour in, I think it's a grain or corn, Mm-hmm. And, and and then like a, a raw hunk of meat and they bury right. it. I don't know how many of you here have seen Roman Polanski's Macbeth. That's a mm-hmm. good comparison. There's a lot of similar staging. I'm sure he's studied the hell out of every old school filmmaker. So Yeah, and like yeah. At, at the start of Roman Polanski's Macbeth, the three witches, before they make their prediction, they perform a ritual. They dig a hole, they put a severed arm, a noose, and a knife into it and fill it back up and then they deliver their lines you know there to meet with Macbeth and but I looked at that scene in Midsummer and said they totally lifted that that's totally a ripple <laughs> yeah. I think and, Gary uh, I wouldn't say he rips off anything but I would say he loves the hell out of every movie I definitely feel like he's less self it's reverence in Tarantino yeah. <laughs> true oh, yeah, yeah. Um, totally, totally. so and, quick question you know, I, I get behind on modern horror because I get, you know, I love my my uh, golden age horror stuff. Like, like the 70s and the 80s and even the 60s, you know, 80s was my thing because that's when I really started getting into horror. But, um, you know, I, I, I let stuff fly under the radar. So I saw Midsummer before I saw Hereditary. I watched Hereditary the next night. So I had not seen Hereditary previously. So I went into this movie without any kind of idea about Ari Aster's films. Or, you know, so did anybody else do that? No, I watched them in the order he released them. And that was good. Because if I had seen this, I I wouldn't have seen Hereditary. I I knew about Ari Aster because I saw um, a short movie he did that went viral a couple years back. uh, The Strange Thing About Johnson's. Yeah, I heard about that, but I have not seen it. Oh, oh my God! Is that a porn parody? No, it is. Oh my God! It 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 is it is pure it is pure Ari Aster, but it's only like a half an hour long, I believe. So it's like all that like yeah, like it's like all that uncomfortableness that you know Ari Aster is good for. It's you know, and movies like you know Hereditary and especially Midsummer, which is like two almost two and a half hours, it's spread out. But, like, you have all that just compacted into 30 minutes, and mm. it is just the most uncomfortable, but just, like, awkward <laughs> movie. 
like is is probably the most crazy of his his work is well, the I strange thing about the Johnsons. Is that um, Midsummer was supposed to be his uh, first official horror film. Hereditary was not supposed to be a horror film, but then he changed it last minute to a horror film. Yeah. And when uh, we talk he, about Hereditary next week, I will go into that a little bit more. Uh, you guys are, are all not far off. Uh, according to IMDb, he has cited, and I, I mean, I'll talk about it in the next episode, but uh, Rosemary's Baby, Fanny and Alexander, Personal, A Matter of Life and Death, The Thing, 45 Years, The Age of Innocence, In the Mouth of Madness, The Piano Teacher, Eight and a Half, and Repulsion as the films that influence him the most. So you can see it. You can definitely so see there it. you go. We're getting a whole a lot of an organized <laughs> hurricane, if you will. Especially the piano teacher. The piano teacher, like, oh, of course, of course, of course. The, the if, if anybody has seen the piano teachers, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, that 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 just makes complete and utter fucking sense. You know, <laughs> you know. Like I just can't. <laughs> and, um, or Isabel Hubbard. Oh. And and if I might add in also about the whole, like you guys have said, you felt very empathetic for how the community takes her in, uh-huh. and seems mm-hmm. to care for her. I got the exact opposite vibe. That's probably me having read up on a lot of true crime and things like that. This is a cult, and mm-hmm. when I, oh, yeah. what, what I, what I, what I, very Yeah, what I saw, they're not caring for her; they're using her. She's going to be their tool. Well, I think they were using everybody. Like, yeah. okay, when they're burning the place down, and then uh, Ingmar and I, the other guy, Ulf, maybe is his name. Yeah. Um, and they're in there, and they give him the thing from the yew tree, and says, "No pain, no fear," and you yes. see the pain, and you see the fear yep. that they oh, got yeah. fucking tricked. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like they like we've been lied to. <laughs> like they fucked us. I've never disagreed in some cases quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been like, okay, it's 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 totally okay that this happened to Danny, but you know, honestly, it was kind of the perfect thing for her. And I'm not <laughs> saying it's okay, but you know what? It's where she kind of fell a place for herself and it is fucked up and that's kind of you know wh- what's so fucked up about this film so it you would you up. would equate this to kind of she's in her own little prison which is this village and she's having to decide who will toss her around less versus more and right. she needs to be held she found a place to be held and she, that makes everything else okay she's a dependent personality she's weak. Really? You know what? You know. You know what it, it could easily be, be uh, uh, equated to. Has everybody in here seen Upgrade? Yes. Uh, no. Uh, yes. Uh, no, I have not actually. No. Oh, so I, I, will, I, I, I will. I won't say anything. But uh, <laughs> the, the ending to Upgrade <laughs> is perfect. No, because I don't want to spoil it. Because this just you know relates to the ending of Upgrade. But mm-hmm. the ending of Upgrade relates perfectly to that sentiment. You know, where it's like. You know, they they feel perfectly, you know, free in like their own prison. It, yeah. It's a prison, but yeah. they're free like with free range. But yes. you know, there's still if, there's still if, wires if, around there. If you watch Upgrade, you'll know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I've seen it, and I I don't know what you're meaning. Are you talking about how 
Yes, there are people who haven't seen it, so I don't want to spoil it, but I will discuss it with you later, Cameron. Like, we, we talk all the now time. I don't even know why you're sitting there like, <laughs> tell me now. I'm going to tell you later, motherfucker. You know it. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, uh, you know, I think I'll go to the opposite end of the cafe where I'm not getting my lunch money taken out. <laughs> <laughs> so to get back to the, to Danny, like what I think's interesting about her is, you know, I mean, you know, she's suffering, you know, she's dealing with a lot uh, with the loss of her sister and her parents. And, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, through the entire movie, I mean, She's an she's an attractive actress, but through through the entire movie, she is like completely dressed down. Um, I remarked you know. upon that because I'm kind of a high maintenance girl, and like she doesn't do anything with her hair. She doesn't put on right. makeup. She dresses slubby. Yeah, right. And and through the whole movie, and she and the only time, if I remember correctly, the only time you see her smile is mm-hmm. when she's when she's doing the the dance around the maypole. Right now it's fun, and at the very end, <laughs> so yeah, and, and of course it's the end. That's her the most yeah. beautiful oh, smile, but it's horrifying. Yeah, two hours <laughs> through the movie, you know she's she's dressed, you know she's dressed down the whole time, not smiling, and then you get to this point where to, where she dances around the maypole and she's done up. She's got the flowers in her hair, you know, and now all of a sudden she's smiling and she's happy, and it just it totally changes the vibe. Mm-hmm. And now the music starts getting different by that point. Yeah. You know, um, may I just interject here and point out that when I watched it, it was a battle with my TV. The music, which I loved, but when it got back, got loud, it was almost deafening. And then the dialogue, I could barely hear it half the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dialogue is pretty quiet in the film. And Actually, there's a thing, you know, I did when they are speaking, they don't, they don't always, you know, like if you're watching it just without subtitles anyway, but I mean, if you're watching it, there's times when they're speaking, you know, and what is it, Swedish, um, and they don't translate it for you because you're supposed to, you know, they did that so mm-hmm. feel as confused just like as everybody them. else does. Like, they I don't, don't know, know what, what they're the talking they're about. What are they, what are they saying? Yeah. They probably say like. Can't wait to kill her or something. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know what? We should have an orgy. <laughs> oh God. And they're just no. smiling at you the whole time. They're <laughs> just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Daniel. Please don't give Hollywood ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, building on Sean's point. Everyone definitely does feel like the type who has been living under a rock. To them, this is normal. It's like, yeah, we're outcasts. We're all going to fucking kill each other and cheer and be horrified by it and then go back to having giant meals and being all dressed up like we're at a wedding that no one's attending. Yeah, <laughs> The red wedding. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought to throw Game of Thrones in there or Daniel would just feel sad. Oh. <laughs> this silence is deafening. Okay, so it's a long story. Story. Never mind. We'll skip it. <laughs> okay, so which version of this movie did we see? Like, I saw the director's cut. 
online. Everyone else said they saw the regular cut on Prime. Yeah, I saw the regular I cut. I saw the regular cut. I, I wanted to see the director's cut, uh, but I couldn't locate it in streaming because we didn't buy it, you know? It seemed like he said in an interview, as well as a few other critics, that this was, as well as movie censorship, there's really not that much different. There's just a few extended. Yeah, if you want to understand, and, explain uh, some things better, you know, but they're not has, like super like, important. Right. And so it's just kind of it's a James Cameron type cut where it's a special edition, but it's not the must see version of it or the it's just <laughs> like, like you're not missing out. If you right. don't yeah. watch it's it. complimentary after you've gone for all the Blu-ray extras and all that. So it's it's just for hardcore fans who he knows are going to watch this 500 times. So one of the things I, I, I I've love only about... seen the theatrical cut. Oh, I'm sorry. Apparently, oh, sorry, I was just saying I've only seen the theatrical cut. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, I, I knew many people who saw these movies, and they all confirmed that he did a lot of live Q&As, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and both cuts went to theaters. Like, once it was doing the rounds, he then had the DC in uh, select theaters the following uh, months, and then I think it was offered as VOD in some places. I don't know, but it... It definitely it did the rounds. It's definitely one of A24's biggest hits. Um, no telling what he'll do next. What do you think he'll kind of cults and themes that he'll tackle next? He's already done, you know, failed marriage and kid versus parent themes and hereditary. He's done brainwashing here. What do you think he'll tackle next? I don't know. Uh, incest, I can't even imagine. Oh, God, please. No. Wait, sorry. I missed <laughs> The, the, that was the strange thing about the Johnsons is uh, incest. Oh, oh God. Oh. Ew. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that's always strange. Oh. I, I told you. I told you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> oh, so there you go. Would you watch this as a, to quote Daniels, get on with it, would you watch this as a double feature with Monty Python? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, but you wouldn't listen. To What's with the coconuts? <laughs> <laughs> I um uh, I think it's interesting about this film that in the very opening of the film you're literally told everything that's going to happen in the very very opening um credits when they show the tapestry tells mm-hmm. exact everything mm-hmm. that happens in the film yeah, but, yeah, you only, yeah. but you only get that when on your second watch because the first watch you're kind of like oh that's pretty cool looking I guess and Kind of interested in what's happening, but I don't. I don't really. Whatever that is, I thought it was there just to give like mood or something. The first time, the second time, I was like, "Oh shit, that's the whole movie right there." Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, exposed. <laughs> what about that, that scene where she uh, where she walks Simon and Connie in front of that tapestry that that shows the love spell? With oh, the- gross. oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they're and they're just like la la la, like and it just shows like the menstrual blood in the cup and her cut and her, her pubes pubic close hair. up of uh, her vagina and I'm like, scissors. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not finding this charming. I don't know. Maybe uh, I blocked it out of me. Thank you for inserting it back in my brain. God damn it! <laughs> You're welcome, Cameron. <laughs> I like to give back. <laughs> this is a wonderful charity. Okay, um, what about? What about how, okay, it's a kind of a, it's another Easter egg. I like how at every single damn table she's at, she gets more and more uncomfortable with her out. And by the end, she's happy again, kind of, because by that point, she's brainwashed. She's now one of them. So I'm just yeah. like, she hates it. 
This is like, but like, yeah, like the whole where this <laughs> the symbolism, you know, like they're waiting to start eating, waiting to sit. But when she's May Queen, she makes the decision. Okay, we're gonna mm-hmm. start eating now. You know, is, is she? I think it goes to her head. You know, I'm in a position of power. I'm in a community that accepts me. I have someone who loves me. I just see her as like this powerful thing. It's it's a fucked up kind of power, but she's got some power. And That's I think because. Did. Exactly. And and because of her weak personality, her weaknesses and not having the right help for that, um, mm-hmm. she was completely susceptible. And, I, you mm-hmm. know, Pelly, like, that's why I want you to come. But, I mean, he's just not exactly saying that, but only really <laughs> happy to be, be here. I'm so glad he came. That's why that final shot is so important. Yes. That, that just that broad Kool-Aid smile is just like, yeah. yeah. So, who do you think got brainwashed the most first, Christian or Josh? Because it seems like Josh is eating more food, but Christian's doing more drinking. He's loving it. Um, I think Christian is. Uh, like, <laughs> you, 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 you notice, you notice how like everybody's drink is yellow, but his is like reddish, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> he's probably drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then and then, yum, and then yum. dude, is that a is that a fucking pube? <laughs> 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 okay. And then he goes yeah, to have yeah. the uh the like uh meeting with like the sort of leader, the lady, like yeah, Siv, Siv, I think her name is. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and you know, she's like, Well, I wanted to see what you thought about Armaya. She you know, you're approved to mate with her, and he's like, What the fuck? And then you know, he's kinda like <laughs> and then and then he's just sitting there, he's like, I think I ate one of her pubic hairs, and she's like, Oh okay. <laughs> and it, that's the whole conversation. <laughs> That that is literally. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just gonna say that's my favorite line in the movie. Is Mark? Is that a fucking view? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mark, our comic relief. Wouldn't you know? I like when they first start tripping before they get to Harga, um, and you know, if if you've done hallucinogenics, as Mm -hmm. I have, have not. Um. Well, don't. <laughs> don't do it. Don't ever do it. Okay. But I do it a lot. Um, I know Sean I've been, was. Uh, I'm intrigued also, by it. <laughs> um, I know Sean was also partaking. But um, yes. when they're all tripping <laughs> and they're in that field, he's like, "I'm going to lay down now. Everybody, lay down. We all have yeah. to lay down." And then, oh, there's a new yeah. person. I can't deal with a new person right now. I'm like, "Oh my god, that is totally what it's like." Yeah. <laughs> like you're in your own space, in your own zone. Like I know no people could enter here. I'm gonna do something, and I don't want it to be weird, so everybody else do it too. You know, and like I was like, oh my god, they really captured that. They were really knowing their hallucinogenics because that is Somebody exactly what it's like. Yeah, wonder how they did that. Baker's a method director, so he probably has experience. Oh. <laughs> Carol drinking no, mushroom ab- tea. Uh, no, absolutely right. Um, Mark, so he drank uh, yeah, Mark's fear uh, of uh, Mark's fear of bugs came from Ariester. You know, yeah. the, his his uh, he has an incredible fear of bugs, so he instilled that in Mark, who like wears the tube socks over his uh, the, 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 the socks. Yeah, the ticks. Yeah, yeah. Ariester is is terrified of ticks, so like he does the exact same thing. So he gave That's that to fair. Mark. Yeah. yeah. Is this well, a reference to the room naming two of the main characters, Danny and Mark? I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I Could really think it. about that because I block the room out. <laughs> I, I don't well, like how, in how? at certain times when I'm feeling, you know, like, okay, I'll be nice. You can Why, come. Why, 
Why? Could have got killed. Now you make me want to see a riff tracks of Midsummer. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> fun time with it. They won't do it. It's too violent and <laughs> sexy. I think Not Bill sexy. would have like a fucking heyday with it. Yeah. Uh, I'd be more worried about Mike, who seems to hate anything sci-fi or horror. Oh. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not, <laughs> I don't think Mike would be on board, but I think Bill would absolutely be like, yes, <laughs> let's do this. Bill's, uh, Bill's pretty I know. fucking open and edgy. I think Kevin does all the approving of it. He just tries to screen it and see, hey, we can do something with it. We don't have to edit it much uh, for Rift Tracks. And I know they got offered to do Zardas, and he answered <laughs> Oh, oh they've got it's, to do oh, that. Man. They've got it's to. too weird. Too much nudity. There's someone getting impelled. Okay, I just have to like throw a little <laughs> Candy's life in here. We play Cards Against Humanity quite a bit. We have all oh, these yeah. expansion packs. <laughs> we have all these expansion packs. And like, we play this as a family. This is how my family is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my family is pretty fucking great. But we play it. And there's a card. And some of them are pictures. And some of the expansions. And there's one that's just Zardoz. Oh my and god! Harry as an ape in that fucking outfit, and my kids are like, "Who? What?" And I'm like, oh, "Zardoz, <laughs> you know." <laughs> Greatest moment. <laughs> oh, a lot of fallacy in that movie. <laughs> you know, I, I, not to get us off topic, but I will insist to this day that very opening scene where Connery points the gun at the camera and fires. I imagine the director was standing next to the cameraman, and that was a moment of serious Connery wish fulfillment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- he yeah. never talks about it. He got injured on it, so I'm sure they had their hidden Easter eggs, just like this movie. <laughs> well, and it's also one of those, why would you talk about that film? Why are we know. talking about that film? I'm sorry. And just because exactly. it is so, I brought crazy. it. I brought it up because it's dealing with cults. That's a, the only reason. Yeah. Damn no. it, Cameron. But yeah. instead, of, instead of like all the like you know female stuff we got like phalluses everywhere in Sardaz. <laughs> completely different energy <laughs> big dick energy you might say see i can't be funny on purpose i'm only funny on accident anyway going back to midsummer um yes, please. Myself <laughs> yeah please don't listen to i'm gonna have nightmares um I, does anybody have any personal things they want to share that maybe this movie kind of made them think? Because I know I shared my personal story, but I always do. Because I'm always like always been attracted to various cults, and I wish there was more of in movies. I don't really see too much of it. Attracted uh, to cult films, like you know, oh, like well, films no. about cults, like or well, cults. <laughs> ironically, they end up being cult movies, but yeah, uh, just ones that deal with just people being brainwashed by you know daughters of Satan or some shit like that, just. Flat out just brainwashing. It's just always been a fear of me. I've always wanted to make a movie like that. And now I should probably jump ship because I know I'm just going to be compared to every other movie that does this. Uh, one or movie do your own thing. One movie that really I really dig that does this kind of similarly. Not as what the fuck worthy, but uh, has a very young Jimmy Schmidt, uh, stars Martin Sheen. Uh, and Harris Yulin, it's called The Believers, and it's exactly that. Uh, a f- a oh, determined yeah. father trying to save his kidnapped son from being brainwashed by a demon cult. And uh, it mixes crime, mystery, and horror really well, in my opinion. And and uh, it's just another one of those, just, it's kind of more personal stakes, because either way, it has a fucked up ending. 
I don't mean that in a bad way or a critique. I just mean like he loses one way or the other. So, but it's a very, it's a, it's another movie that I think that does hit pretty realistic on the whole cults instead of just doing this whole, Hey, let's have a guy with a cross over his you know, chest monologuing. There's more to it than that. <clears throat> and other movies have flirted with this whole thing. And for the most part, they've unfortunately just been either a David D. Cattell shit fest or just some other, <laughs> just some other scream knockoff. And it's just like, well, yeah, he's done too many of those, unfortunately. And uh, I, I wish people would approach stuff like this more awesome because I think it's just more interesting. Everyone knew someone who was part of a high school gang who was up to no good. It'd be cool to just see topics like that explored a little more. I don't know who you were hanging out with in high school, but I didn't know anybody like that. <laughs> I just knew one guy who was crazy and just basically, well, but that's just it. Most of those were mixed up with just actual gangs, like, you know, someone with criminal affiliation, but, you know. Andy's pretty boring, so no. Well, that's it. No, that, no, that's fine. I was boring, too. I, I just went straight home. I went to the special ed building and just bored myself to tears <laughs> i was just like better than that and being on the basketball court but you did uh, loads of school work and got high <laughs> uh, there you go uh, school's prison in my opinion so i think it would be cool to see a topic like that explored a little more especially what's hit on here um yeah um i'll <clears throat> venture in okay that uh, watching the movie outside of seeing as the wicker man there were elements that made me think of stories I read in the book Helter Skelter about Charles Manson. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About how they this cult gets them to consume the psychedelics, as you said. I mean, that was a big part of how Charles Manson got his followers to pretty much do whatever he told them. Not that he had them all brainwashed as zombies, but by giving them the psychedelics, he broke down their inhibitions. And, and, and you're really looking for something secure to hold on to when you're on psychedelics? Um, Because the the trip lasts for, you know, upwards of like a day and you are you're looking for a foothold. So if somebody gives you a foothold, you're going to take it. And I mean, there were stories that they would reenact the crucifixion while they were on LSD or acid. Mm -hmm. Like you see that in some of the rituals they're performing while they're on these uh, psychedelics. And and also, as you said, how they do kind of take her in and make her theirs and how she's being loved. Charles Manson used a lot of love to make the family as loyal as, to them as he did. He gave them a love they did not feel they felt they got anywhere else, but that was ultimately how he controlled them. Right. That definitely makes sense because they're not – they're definitely going more – we love to hang out with each other as opposed to Jim Jones where we're all going to drink the Kool-Aid and yeah, <laughs> die. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah Jonestown shit's fucking creepy. <laughs> and, and, and ultimately, I think just like what we see in Midsummer with a situation like that, it's why they're not going to get caught because anyone who does have any reservations, they're already up to within their up to their armpits in it. What are you going to do? Go to the cops or something? You, you, there's no way you can. You're going to implicate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they learn to love their prison, their cage. Yeah. I mean, I, I have read stories of long-term prison inmates who – they end up committing crimes so they can go back because it's the only life they know. It's the only place they feel they belong. Which this I thought Stephen King like, grasped really well in Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yes. 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 The whole concept of institutional. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's already went to prison for a crime he didn't commit, but he might as well have because he's here in this dump. 
Yeah. And when they get paroled, they, they just want to go back because they don't, they're afraid of life on the outside. And I think that right. fear, you know, and that goes back to horror. There's, there's a lot of fear. Right. You know, the closest we have to that in today's day and age is people who are accused of being serial killers or uh, just uh, sex offenders or even terrorists. You know, you hear, I see stories all the time. And a lot of our crime shows depict those, too, where they, they come home from work and next thing you know, it's often a blue collar job. And next thing you know, their entire house is burnt down. <laughs> Someone wants them out of here. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if you're true or not. I just hate your fucking creepy self and I want you out. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> As far as uh, the, the relationship side of this movie, um, you can't fix what's broken in that once the love leaves a relationship, just get out. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't prolong it. Yeah. Don't, and don't the people prolong. that stay in those relationships, you know, they have personality problems. I yeah, can attest just, for that. I can attest for that. You stay in something where there is no love. Where there yeah. is no joy, but it's it's better than having to go and face your family. It's better than everything else in the world, and it's not much. Mm-hmm. But it's One. better, and that's what it takes for it. You know, all it takes for a damaged person. Yeah. Give, me, give me something, even the tiniest <laughs> crumbs, I will be happy to accept. And you got to break out of that, and it's really hard to do. Absolutely. I'm a survivor. Oh, yeah. I'm a survivor. I did it, but you know, I I I, I can understand that mindset. I've been in that mindset. Like these crumbs are better than starving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how absolutely. they get you. That's how they get you. Take and then what you're you like, can you know chew. what? I'm I'm gonna starve free. Yeah. Totally. And then suddenly you're not starving anymore once you get your shit together. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> so if you could, would you redub the various rituals, especially where everyone jumps to their death with free falling by Tom Petty? I thought I was going to be the only person going MST3K because that reminds me of the tormented thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. My God. There needs to be more rock climbing, like in Teenage Caveman. Oh, that was uh, Lost Continent. My bad. At the the end, when they burn the cabin and they're all, uh, you know, imitating the screams. You know, take the screams out and replace it with like you know, burn down the house. So it looks like they're all jamming down. Oh, <laughs> you know what? If you took more quiet David Byrne song, I think that actually might work. Actually, legit for real. <laughs> <laughs> holy, holy, holy! Exactly. Yeah, he's got that seductive voice. Just like, the oh. actual video was fucking weird anyway. So you might as well yeah. go to the next level. Where is that director now? <laughs> Step over the end credits. <laughs> you don't even know the words. Oh my god, Cameron. <laughs> I, lyrics are overrated. I just love the tune. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> your couch! You know, <laughs> since we had the question a little earlier about what could we see Ari Aster do next, um, have, has any, have any of you seen the movie Don't Look Now? With uh, Donald Sutherland? Yeah. A long time yes, ago. Yes. I'm uh, Christian definitely reminded me of Donald's character in that one. I, I think I could actually see Ari Aster doing something very much along those lines of uh, Don't Look Now. 
Yeah. And that's a well revered movie too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems like that that oh, seems totally like something he could use as a template. He's probably seen it, knowing him. <laughs> Just yeah. All those oh, movies, yeah. I'm probably seen it. <laughs> He's seen that in every fucking uh oh my god. Uh he's seen every one of those fucking um who's uh oh my god, this is why I should I shouldn't drink during these episodes because this time's not me. Uh uh no, I'm always drunk during these episodes, but like I shouldn't because I, I forget he things. I get um, mad at him every time. Fun <laughs> facts. Um, uh uh House of Jack Bill. Uh oh yeah. God. I have uh, not seen that yet. The Dancer in the Dark, the um Oh, Dancer in the Dark. Oh my god, that movie. I, I can only watch it once. Uh Antichrist. Yeah, Nymphomaniac parts one and two. Who is the filmmaker? I forget his yeah, name. You're I'm forgetting thinking um, of the dogma hack uh Lars von Trier. Yeah, yeah, Lars von Trier. Yes. He has he he has seen every Lars von Trier movie ever made. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I thought this was easy going than Lars, but I see the comparison. Oh, oh no, 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 no. The the Lars Lars is just absolute pinnacle of just just fuck up your day kind of cinema. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The, I, I mean, although I did feel that the same sentiment uh, with uh, his last movie on um, the House of Jack built that uh, did with Midsummer that I thought it was a fucking comedy because. <laughs> The House of Jack build is uh, like I was twenty minutes in. It's like this is a comedy. This this is fucking hilarious. Interesting. I probably would have laughed more, but it, like I said, it struck a nerve with me, and that's why I wanted to like rewatch it before we talked about it. Like, is it going to strike a nerve now that I can be objective now that I know everything that's going to happen? And it still did. So I probably because I usually laugh at horror movies at some parts, but I gotta say this in Hereditary, I did not laugh. We'll get into Hereditary more obviously next week, but I do want to say one thing about it. We were talking about movies about cults, and he has cults in this and Hereditary. Mm -hmm, He does. So I'm just saying, probably something cult-related coming at us. Going back to Daniel's earlier point, uh, don't look now. Apparently, yeah, he must be the next Nicholas Rogue, because Rogue did plenty of other movies about kind of cults, like the 1990 comedy The Witches, Cold Heaven. Oh, God, I love that movie. uh, As well as... uh, uh, TV version of Heart of Darkness with John Malkovich. So, yeah, I think. Oh, nice. God, that movie was so awful. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Malkovich as Kurtz, give me a break. Yeah, Malkovich is great, but not not there. So, I, would you want, uh, well, speaking of you and Justin Cobrad, would you do a double feature with this in Apocalypse Now? No, uh, uh, actually, uh, I could see that. I would be, want to because I'd have I'd probably be halfway dead by the end. But the- well, I mean, we, you would have to stretch it out over two nights. That's for sure. You do the I first hour. Do, of oh God, sitting I would that. do yeah, um, a double feature of this in Hereditary because well, I can't really say why yet. That's more agreeable. I, I will because I mean, but if you think about it, it's very contrasting. Um, it's more of a ways. singular story, just one cat and mouse, and two people standing off between each other with a big greater evil. So. You could definitely compare that to Kurtz and the platoon of soldiers. So there you go, boom. <laughs> not, to let, not to let my not to let my action movie uh, criteria seep in, but uh, but uh, Apocalypse now. now Apocalypse Now will probably be a better double feature with uh, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. <laughs> I always thought about that. <laughs> that Dolph Lundgren is Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> 
pandemic is Kurt Kurtz. <laughs> I mean, look at he. Ha- you well go in the first scene. He has he has all their fucking. Uh, it's either fingers or their teeth, but they're all yeah. stuck. All around his, it's a necklace that he's got all oh, around. Him. <laughs> and it's like, he totally killed all those fuckers. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and then you have to see it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Love that movie. Oh. Martin Sheen is a better actor than Van Damme, though, but that goes without saying. Uh, so now, but Van Damme uh, yeah, is pretty to look at. Oh, no, but Van Damme, no, don't, don't, don't say that like uh, Van Damme is like a bad actor. Van Damme is an excellent actor. It's I like Van Damme. I just prefer Dolph because he's just he hides his accent oh, and doesn't oh, have to make up a reason. Dolph, <laughs> Dolph, Dolph is amazing. Dolph is very underrated as an actor. He's funny. and a very smart guy. Oh yeah, he's got several PhDs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> amazingly he, 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 smart. He, 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 he could go in his kitchen, make fucking chemicals out of pancake mix, and pour them on him. And instead of donating to anything, he donates to human trafficking survivors. So you go, dude. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's he's nice. a great guy. Yeah. I just, I just don't get into action very much. So um, right. the only action I get into is sort of archy uh, martial arts flicks. But we'll talk that's, about that's that I, some other time. That's why I apologize for letting my action movie criteria sink in. Episode of it. <laughs> so now we know Universal Soldier in Midsummer, the Criterion Collection. Oh my God. <laughs> I still think the the double feature would be great, just the way that we're doing it. Um, Midsummer no, no, no. and Hereditary, because there's so there's light and they're dark. There's this and there's that. You know, they they just play off each other really well. And plus, I, it has yeah, to be- I agree with that. They're definitely both movies you should just see if you're going to study cinematography or just. Look for someone that has a certain vision, and every shot has a purpose and, and uh, delivers. Yeah, and, and acting as well because the the both movies are centered around two amazing performances, especially her. Like Tony Collette, like mm-hmm. I literally am obsessed yeah, with her. Yeah. She's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was we'll a big fan. We'll we'll get into that in next. Episode. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot to say about Hereditary. It, it was fucking a travesty that she didn't get any type of nomination. Well, she was in a horror movie. movie. The, the Academy Awards, they hate horror movies. They do. Yeah, yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Cre- <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> well, even worse, everyone acts like fuck. if you don't have an award, you can't be considered a good actor. It's like, yeah, no, fuck that, too. That's just fanfare talking. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of people we will see every movie they're in, regardless of its quality, just because we know they're giving a hundred. Like with Tony oh. Collette, mm-hmm. like I will literally watch anything she's in. She's been amazing in absolutely everything I've seen her in. Yeah, Mariel's Wedding, all that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Collette is a fucking revelation. She's in one of my favorite movies, Velvet Goldmine, and she's just phenomenal in that too. Like she's just kind of like this wacky character. She's really good at those, and then she can play like mellow she can play angry like she's just great but i'm sorry i'm getting off on my digression again but i think she's great end of story oh uh, she she's pretty much the female joel edgerton before he was a thing and that's saying a lot because it lives at night is another a24 thing so yeah uh, i'm seeing, seeing a pattern here get a bunch of actors from multiple countries and have just a very atypical format and that's the movie she was uh she was great in uh I just seen Knives Out uh like yes. Yes. Knives yes. Out oh my god yeah. it was great I mean everybody everybody was amazing in Knives Out but she was particularly great Frank Oz even had showed up I'm like whoa mm-hmm. I thought he stuck to directing and puppeteering okay cool nah, yeah it was it was really uh, good yeah not and, usually the kind of movie I'd watch 
but I got really into it. So nah, that says nah, something nah. for it. Not my kind it's of movie. Uh, yes. Yeah, so now we know Rain Johnson's trying to pull a Tarantino or Soderbergh where you can't really classify his genre. Mm. <laughs> yep. Why does it always come back to Tarantino? Because he comes back to Tarantino, I think we. I'm not this. obsessed, but he is one of those in obsessed. pop culture. This is time where, I, where we're having. Like, he's just very quotable, and he's easy to mo- make fun of because when you think of gory this is an moments, intervention. <laughs> he's just one of those. He's just taken over the whole. Just when you see someone getting shot the fuck up, or where has Tarantino out. hurt you? Where has he hurt you? Show us on the doll. <laughs> I like Tarantino when he's good. I don't like him when he's bad. But he's one of those pop he's culture icons. Really bad. <laughs> so, Debatable. Okay, so 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 how many people are 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 uh, persona non grata on this show? There's David Arquette. There's a. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, we hate David so, Arquette. Obviously, yeah. MST3K is mentioned. Uh, hey, Quinn worry. Tarantino. Um, Eli Roth, Brett Ratner. <laughs> no, no, we, uh, Eli Roth and I, we have a complicated relationship. Okay, I hate his movies, but his face is so adorable. He is, so and he's very, very smart. Oh <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely. You think he's hot, Erica? I do. I have like. I just, I can look at him all day, and when the history of horror on Shutter. Um, he spearheaded that, and just watching him talk, I'm just like, dr- oh, like dreaming, you know, sparkly music in the background, like, oh, <laughs> look at his little face. Oh. I, he is very good yeah. looking. I, I personally love a lot of his movies. I guess I don't like his more mainstream Hollywood ones as much. I like Cabin Fever and the first two hostile movies, Green Inferno. <laughs> Not so much Death Wish. It really wasn't my thing. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody liked that. I liked it. Okay. I thought of course you did. Of course you did. What was I thinking? <laughs> it also has a very shocking of the original Death Wish three. There's no going back. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it's kind of more of a Man on Fire type movie, and but the opening was very similar to Straw Dogs, which I think yes. is another undersung crime thriller that has a lot of horrific elements in it. Mm. I love Straw Dogs. I, I I love. Well, I love vigilante movies. Uh, and uh, you know. That's just my thing, you know. It's my well, favorite back. It's, it's the most relatable. Everyone's yeah, Star Dogs, yeah, Star Dogs is absolutely fucking amazing. Well, you know, and this kind of just brings up, like, taking us back to our topic really quick, and um, <laughs> it, it's that uh, I feel like the movies that you're mentioning, they, and and this is not a gender thing because I am not a gender specific person. This is Pride Month, <laughs> and I, I absolutely gender fluid. But um, I do believe there is a masculine and a feminine energy. Um, no, the masculine energy tends to be more in these types of movies that you guys just mentioned. But I feel like in Midsummer, it's a very feminine energy. The places of power were with the women. Mm. You know what right. I mean? Like, I think there's a very and, and also that's in hereditary. I mean, obviously, but uh, we'll go to that later. It's hard to mention one without the other. But um, but I think, you know, it's really a lot of feminine energy. The the men did not have as much power as the women. And right. I think that's interesting. And that such a strong performance from Florence Pugh. Um, she just that's she, actually she was just a good great. point. I, I wouldn't say it's an empowering movie, but it is definitely. It's no, I not, mean it as like empowerment. I meant there's just that energy. Well, know, that's what I mean. Like, in, the, in the village, they do have the power. The May Queen and you know, Steve right, right. is kind uh, of like the head. You know. No, no, I got that. I, I just mean 
it's kind of more of a survival kind of movie. In a but way, But yeah. with, with less emphasis on the, you know, who's in control. Right. Yeah, right. I just, I just uh, got, like, uh, a very also, strong feminine energy from it, and I like to see that um, in in horror, like, because also, I feel like mm-hmm. you need more of that than, than a lot well, of the, the masculine energy that we normally get. Right. Um, I, um, I like that. No. Yeah. Wait, wait, but, but, but before I, I want to give credit to Jack Rayner who, who played Christian. Yeah. It was his idea for 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 Christian to run out naked, like start <laughs> naked because no, he 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 had seen horror movies before, and it's always like the woman being victimized and being victimized naked. So it was his idea for him to run out, uh, just, well, just completely naked. Right. It was his idea to run out completely naked because he feels like, you know, the women are being seen completely vulnerable and victimized naked. And he thought like it should be the man being completely vulnerable and naked for a change. So it was his idea to run out. That's a really it was really great idea. It was very effective. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point, because this doesn't feel exploitive at any point. A lot of people are comparing him to exploitive movies, but it's not. How? (laughs) Well, like just other Wicker Man type knockoffs, like just or movies dealing with witches. But it's and this was both good and bad reviews that were doing that. But I, it's definitely not an exploitive movie. I wouldn't say that because exploitive, there has to be just like one side to the whole. Right. Deal, and there's multiple visions in this whole thing. So, yeah, there's, there's too much of an artistic vision here for it to feel. Like yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I watch a lot of exploitation stuff and it doesn't bother yes. me. You know, um, when I was... I'm not up, trying to villainize horror, expectations. Yeah, horror was like... Um, no, 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 no. Horror I mean, was like a boys uh, game when I was growing up. So, you know, I got used to seeing exploitation. I got used to seeing vulnerable women, naked women, victimized, you know, like... And it was, you run it out of good movies. Yeah, it no. doesn't bother me. But yeah, but now, <laughs> you know, I we're seeing, you know, a good change coming. Like, okay, there's there's another side to this and it's... Not even just exclusively sort of attacking the men; it's just including the men, like people. It's a yeah, you know, it's a people thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And well, and that's I love eighties horror, but you know, I've seen my fair share of titties; they just don't affect me anymore. <laughs> 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 right. So now we know if we're not talking all all these celebs, all this uh, explosions or gore, then titties come up and. Well, why no, 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 that, 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 that's a perfect example because I dated a girl who, um, being a who, was, always, who, who was always who was always upset who was always upset about that. You know, what I'm saying she was oh, like, God. you know, like I've seen I've seen enough titties. I want to see some dick. You know, I don't want to <laughs> look at a dick. And that's not but see. That's the point. I don't want to look at a dick. That doesn't mean that. I'm just saying, like, I don't know. No, no, no. That's, that's exactly what she meant. Naked women like we're and I think if you're going to be a horror fan. You have to get past that real quick. If you're going to especially go back into like, you know, the slasher boom and stuff, you're going to look at naked women and you're just yeah. going to have to be OK with it. Or you're just this isn't the genre for you. No. But I just I like just that we're, we're doing that less, you know, there's now. plenty of movies where they have certain content. And it's just like you can tell how much of that was part of the story versus just someone had some titties. People are going to lose interest. <laughs> Kind of and there's been plenty of movies where I'm not interested. I mean, I don't think the content necessarily of a movie doesn't necessarily makes it better. If I'm not involved with it in any way, then and if the content is just reminding me of how everything else is just so fucking dull, then that's just an indicator of whether it works or not. So right, right. Um, for me, it's story, character development, 
Um, and I think that comes from the viewpoint of an author. Um, I like slow builds. I like uh, to know the characters so I care when they get killed or whatever mm-hmm. happens to them. I like to, uh, you know, just get immersed. And right. But, you know, but when I go back and, and, and watch, like, my favorite horror fun stuff where I laugh, you know, I mean, I know what I'm in for. I know what I'm doing. It's it's just fun, exploitative crap, but it's fun. I like it. <laughs> I'm not mad at it, and I will always go back to it. But I like that we have a shift. I like the shift in modern horror that's completely not about that. It's People are trying to incorporate more, like, cerebral stuff yes. that you think and make you care. And it's not just like, okay, well, this bitch just ran out in the woods. Jason's going to kill her. <laughs> And yes. you don't even know anything about her. Do we care? Not really. How's he going to kill her? That might be neat, but okay. Right. Right. Like you can see where movies where it's like the, the nudity is part of the artistic vision and yes. the other movie where it's like the producer spent like three hours trying to talk this poor girl to take her the top yeah. off just so they have titties in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. Now, so now we feel even more guilty because now we're clearly supporting a movie I produced spent by three puppets. hours taking a Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get a close-up. I spent three hours trying to talk her to take her to the top off so we can see her titties. You better get a close-up of that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, it was a different time. And things have changed. You know, right. um, no more. social climate has changed. And, right. and movies are starting to reflect that. And I like movies that make me think, because I'm a classic film person, you know, I love, like, 30s and 40s stuff. And we're and it's, and it's, <laughs> it's very cerebral. It's, you have to think. You have to listen to dialogue. You have to you know, kind of just really get immersed in the story and these characters. And, and I, I like that we're kind of going back to that, but adding to it. And right. I feel like this, this movie really effectively does those things. Yeah, It's absolutely. not, you know, it's, it's definitely the new face of horror, you know, this yeah. and, and, and Mike Flanagan's work is probably my favorite stuff. Yeah. Right uh, Flanagan, I think should have actually done this movie. He should have taken Astor's. Uh, no, thing. no. No, no. Aster, Aster was perfect with role, but um, Flanagan though, Flanagan is another level though. Like I, I like Ari Aster, but Flanagan is he's mm. just. You know. I like the story, but there, past the uh, brainwashing, I didn't need to watch the last twenty minutes. Flanagan, no, the last cut it down. The, the last twenty minutes are the most important part. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, why would you want to miss that? If you put yeah. all the other time into it, why not see the payoff? Because I already know how it's going to end, so I. Well, why not watch it? No, but no, it can, but, end, but, it can end how you think, but you're not seeing the vision yes. that they're presenting. Uh, I see the vision; it's just not involving enough. It, well, it, it, it was. This is where, this is where I check out because I. This is where I check out because I know I'm 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 going to get into an argument with Cameron. And, yeah, and I'm checking I'm, out too because same. <laughs> me, me and Cameron could, be, could argue all fucking day. Well, <laughs> me and Cameron too. We have our things. Um. Yeah, nah, I love it's time to disengage and just let Cameron be Cameron. Cameron's my boy. I love Cameron. Well, me too. He's like my brother. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you guys loved it more than me. <laughs> well, I mean, so what's, what's, your, everyone's consensus. Let's go around. What is your, <laughs> how would you grade this movie? Erica, how do you It's a solid, uh, it's a solid A minus. For nice. me. Okay. Um, everybody else? Um, what scale are we using here? Uh, like like A, B, C, D. Oh, F. okay. I, I guess it cut out before I heard the other answer. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Um, I'd probably go A minus. <laughs> Damn. Everybody. I'm going to say B minus. 
Okay. Oh, I'll give it a B plus. Wow, surprising. Cameron. Oh, I'm gonna give it a C, and I'm gonna give a B. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a B plus for Hereditary. Well, we we haven't. Let me, Cameron. You got to save that for the next episode. No, fuck it. I just had everything Hereditary. He's the master of his domain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, a a straight A. I I really felt like it delivered. I felt like I I think this cold brainwashed us all into loving this movie. (laughs) No, I I just think you know you you (laughs) caught me out here, dude. I don't think we're brainwashed. I just think you're wrong. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Oh, you're not God. wrong. I'm, everybody has. I was the skin. guy who left the village and did not get slaughtered. That's so good. <laughs> See, now you all get treated how I get treated. <laughs> it's fine. No, I hope you love sleeping pretty. on the couch with the cats. Okay. Is it possible to do a podcast without getting roasted at one point? <laughs> God, I mean, you no, consistently remember. roast my ass. Okay. No. You you have to remember this is Sean's show now. He claimed it in the beginning. This is Sean's show now. You are sleeping. Look look at Sean. Sean Candy. Look at Sean Candy. He is a podcast. <laughs> we are co-hosts. He, he can edit this out he put, if he hates it. No, he puts, uh, he puts as much effort into the show as I do, if not more. Hey, um, when, he's I'm Chris Columbus. Person, he discovered but I this. Do, I did ask him to do the intro. When I edit it, I slow her voice down. Oh, fuck you. I want that. I watch too many 40s movies. Oh, fuck. That's great. But you're like Christopher Columbus, where you discovered and conquered the new island. That's what he thinks. That's not how it goes. Only you actually knew what the fuck country it was. Actually, American or some shit. No, I actually suggested that he started because we are co-hosts. He works just as hard, like I was saying, as I do on the show. I do the organizational and um, I attempt to mediate um, or, and moderate. And he does editing and he put together an amazing new intro that's going to be so cool. You guys are going to love it. Um, and on that note, um, let's go ahead and wrap this up and be ready for Hereditary. We're obviously <laughs> ready already for Hereditary, but let's ready, steady. Oh, oh. Cameron's done. He's already done his part. <laughs> Cameron, no. Oh shit! Oh fuck! Got to put the don't <laughs> sign for you. Trying to move on this whole episode. Hey, Hereditary is fucking awesome. I'm just saying. We'll get there, honey. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just calm down. That's too anxious. Don't make her turn this podcast around. Slap you with my ring hands. We'll get there, baby. We'll get there. We're almost at camera. Put your shoes on. Just calm down a little bit, baby. We'll get there. You're done with it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let everybody go around to close out this and just you know. Hold on to your thoughts for Hereditary. I always have to keep notes. Um, um, Go ahead and do plugs. Karen, you first. Alrighty. I can be seen jacking everything up on my own fucking podcast. I recently made a list for some of Kiefer Sutherland's best movies and actually unexpectedly had that list retweeted by his buddy Lou Diamond Phillips. So Nice. Nice. He's cute. Very cool. All right. Um, Erica. 
you I know you talked at the beginning, but we'll just go ahead and we, we just let it plug in. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, thanks for listening. Check out my website, myhorrificlife.com. And if of you want to learn more about Andrew Deboff's brewery, check out 3marmbrewing.com. That's uh, 3-M-A-R-M brewing. Um, and uh, see see how his progress is going with getting that fully up and running. Be careful what you drink. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <Daniel>. <laughs> well, as always, uh, the Nightmare Nerd, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm uh, trying to put some final touches this weekend on what I intend to be one of two retrospective videos looking back at gay and lesbian topics in horror for Pride Good. Month. I'm very excited so, about those. I, look forward I hope to they turn out okay, because it's going to be a lot of me talking. Oh, please oh, feel free to share some okay. of those. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Which is... No, I, I love it with that beautiful, beautiful voice you have. I just wanted to... Yeah, you have a very soothing voice. <laughs> with, with my Joyzy accent. I told you, you have to be one of the riffers. Have your own riffing voice. I like <laughs> I'm into that. Hey, hey, hey oh, Dan. Oh hey, Daniel, I want... Say, say glass for a second. Mr. Glass. Why? I used to date a uh, I, I, I date a girl from Jersey and uh, I love the way she said glass or class or ass <laughs> <laughs> well I am not saying that for you <laughs> <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter <laughs> Rob has patois of his own uh, apparently it's a Jersey yeah. thing Oh, sure. oh, of course. Both from that area. <laughs> okay, uh, Rob, what you got for us? Oh, of course, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as the Cinema Drunkie. You can find me my numerous writings on ultimateactionmovies.com, actionflix.com, uh, as well as cinemadrunkie.wordpress.com, and my uh, Star Trek dedicated podcast, Bros on the Bridge, the Star Trek podcast. Um, I was really proud of our last episode, you know, where we talked about uh, Star Trek Voyager. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, uh, I'm, I'm really glad the show come out. And, uh, yeah, just check it out and check me out. And, uh, hey, I'm drunk. I, uh... <laughs> At least it's not me. I, I, I... <laughs> I'm trying, but I don't drink heavy enough. No, you you got to remember, I'm always drunk these episodes. <laughs> I know. That one time you were like, why are you angry? I'm like, what? Right, right. That, that was the same episode. I was like, what happened that episode? I, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, all I remember is Candy being mad at me. I was like, what? <laughs> was like, I was never mad with you. I don't even get mad at about? my children, okay? <laughs> I don't get mad. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for a hiccup. All right, Sean Smith, what you got? Well, I'm not nearly as busy as as the rest of you guys. All I've got is uh, some social media plugs. You can find me, uh, Sean of the Dead, on Twitter, Instagram, and now Slasher. Um, And I'd just like to say, wash your hands, wear your mask, and Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Uh, I guess that falls to me. Um, Obviously, you can find me here every week. I have a horror blog that I am very sluggish lately about working on. I seem to be very busy lately. It's candycodedhorror.wordpress.com. I'm on the Slasher social network as Candy the Final Girl. 
Um, that has links to a lot of things. I'm sometimes on Cameron's Jacked Up Review Show when he deems me necessary. <laughs> oh, I know, I know that feeling. <laughs> right, and um, you can contact me directly on our Twitter, which is House underscore Screams, and that's all I've got. So thank you all for tonight, and yes. I'm really excited about next week's talk about Hereditary. Obviously, we all wanted to go there and we couldn't. So, <laughs> especially Cameron. Yeah. yeah. So fucking good. Hold I'm your sorry. Horses, Cameron. Hold your <laughs> so yeah, definitely next week uh, we reconvene. So thank you all and have a spooky night. You as well. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. And thank you again for joining us. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.